Law CPD is running a competition for Juggle listeners throughout February and March. Everyone who enters the competition will receive a voucher for $25 off their first purchase with Law CPD. And during each week between now and the end of March, one person will also win a one-hour online CPD course of their choice. And last but not least, at the end of March, Law CPD will draw a major prize winner who will win 10 hours worth of online CPD courses of their choice. Your whole CPD needs for the whole year. Everyone who enters is eligible for the major prize, even if they win a weekly prize. It's the competition with something for everyone. To enter, just go to lawcpd.com.au forward slash the juggle competition. Good luck. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich. And me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Joel Lilovich. And Lucy Dickens, welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. Today we're joined by Catherine Urquhart, a listener of ours who sent us an interesting email titled The Walkaway Job. Catherine offered to share her story with us. Here's a little snippet of what she had to say in her email to us. She says, I come from the other end of the pipeline, three kids, 23, 21, 19, a 25 year marriage now over to a very busy barrister. I've hung on there with part-time work, although I'll be the first to admit I've never scaled to any lofty heights in terms of remuneration or positions of leadership or power. Why? Because I had the walkaway job. It was a deliberate choice and I tend to believe that in a marriage or partnership where there are children, one of the partners needs to have the walkaway job. I know your podcast is very positive and seeks to encourage women to aim high, but if you ever want a reality check session, I would be happy to oblige. So already knowing a little bit about Catherine, because we associate with her in the legal community here in Perth, we found her comments really interesting, particularly because to start with, we think that the work that she's doing is quite of a lofty height um, (laughs) and is is making a, a big contribution to our legal community. So we were really interested to have her come on and share some more of her story and her perspective on the podcast. So in the interview, Catherine shares more with us about what she calls her walkaway job and what that looked like for her as her children were growing up, as well as her reflections now that her youngest child is 19, what, if anything, she would have done differently and how she thinks this concept applies today. One of the key things for me that I took from that conversation with Catherine was the idea that she worked out what was important to her. And as we've already shared with our six keys to managing the juggle, having that right mindset and knowing what's important to you is is number one. And it's definitely the theme that flows through on all the people who we speak to who are really happy and satisfied with the way that they're living their lives. It's always that they have, they understand their own values. They know what's important to them. So a little bit more about Catherine before we switch over to the interview. She was admitted as a lawyer and practiced as a lawyer for quite some time and in legal education while she was having and raising three children. And currently she's the facilitator of the legal practice management course at the College of Law in Western Australia. She's also got her own business, working for a range of law firms and other businesses as a professional skills trainer and a coach. So we hope you enjoy this interview. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks to you for getting in touch with us and offering to share your story that you've yourself called 
the walk away job. Now, in the introduction, we shared a little snippet of your message to us. And there's a lot that we're looking forward to talking to you about about this concept. But let's start with this concept of the walk away job. Tell us what you mean by that. So I can sort of speak from my own perspective and also stories I've heard from people that I know, people that I've worked with over the years etc. And it seems to me, and you know, this might not apply to everyone, but it seems to me that when you have a marriage or a partnership and there's children, one way of making it work is if one of those people in the relationship has what I call the walk away job. Because as you proceed through your relationship and you have your children and they grow up, there's going to be times where somebody gets the call from school or Um, there's a major medical emergency, all different kinds of things. You know, you have your one-off sick day, but then there's other times where it seems as though there's just a run of illness. And the way I've seen it work best is if one of the people in the relationship is the one that makes the decision that they have this walk-away job. And it means that they can leave if they need to, to go there and be the person. Now, traditionally, and I'm sort of talking more back, you know, even before my time, that, that was always the woman. If she had a job, it was a part-time job. The job didn't have a lot of responsibility, probably wasn't very well paid. The husband was the full-time worker and he had the career. But moving forward, and certainly the people that I went to law school with and, and coming out, there was some differences, not a lot. Most of the people that I went through university with, I know we still all ended up primarily working in the jobs that were more part-time and lower levels of pay and importance. But I am seeing now things sort of switching around a little bit, and I'm certainly coming in contact with women who are the ones who are taking on the main role and some of them actually having partners who are taking that walkaway job. Tell us about your personal circumstances. So you say that in, in your relationship as your children were younger, you've had what you call the walkaway job. Did you and your partner at the time plan it that way or was it just a given that, you, that his career was going to be, take precedence over yours? I can't remember having a conversation you know, directly about using the words the walkaway job, but The nature of his work being a prosecutor and then going to the bar was such that he could never be that person and have that job. And he already had that job, you know, before we got married. He already had that job before we had children. You can't be in the middle of a two-week Supreme Court jury trial and leave in the middle of the afternoon. You just can't. You can't be working all night on your, your closing and then somehow be expected to get up and get the kids ready for school and drop them all at school. So whilst we didn't really have that conversation, uh, you know, who's going to have the walk away job, it was pretty clear that once I had children, I would be the one that had the main me. I certainly took, you know, 12 months maternity leave each time I had children and went back into a part-time role. But it was never going to be the case that I was going to go back full-time. And I was working as a senior associate at a large law firm. I just couldn't see that I would be building my career from there up towards partnership because I just didn't have that backup. And more to the point then, I wasn't prepared to pay for someone to be that walk-away role because, as I think I said to you in the notes, like you do see it sometimes that like the two people in the relationship both have very important jobs that they can't walk away from, but they then tend to have that very high level of support, whether it's a family member that helps to look after the children or whether they pay for the nanny and the cleaner and the extra nanny and all of that. So, I mean, I do know of examples where people have got two very high-level jobs, but that's kind of few and far between. Most of the people I know tend to have a situation where one of them has got the job that is easier to be flexible around, yeah. Do you think that comes down to that individual person's priorities? So, for example, 
and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but traditionally perhaps women have tended to take that caring role. So a priority for them, the way that they've been brought up, the way that society speaks to them is that women take on that caring role. So that figures as a priority for them, whereas men have been traditionally told a priority for you is to earn the income for your family. So do you think that is why we're, we're finding that movement towards those women going towards those walkaway jobs? Could be a little bit. I think in my case and for most of my peers, it was more like very strong maternal instincts, you know, wanting to be the person that was there when the kids were sick, wanting it to be the person that was there when something went wrong at school, um, wanting to be the person who could go to the various school events. Because if you decide that you are going to be the primary income earner or the person with the priority career, I think you do have to be very clear that you are going to be giving up a lot of that kind of first-hand contact. You won't be necessarily the person who's the first port of call when something goes wrong because to me it just doesn't kind of sit with that high-level job. Can we not share the role? You know, I understand if your husband at the time was on a trial, then maybe during those two weeks he wasn't going to be the one who was going to drop everything and go and get the sick kid. But what about when he wasn't on trial or if somebody, a partner in a different profession, I mean, why does it have to be one or the other? Yeah, um, that is actually a good question. And I was reflecting on that before this session because I I thought you might ask that question. (laughs) And I guess sort of, oh, I don't want to share too much, but like I'm in my 50s. You know, I started having babies when I was in my late 20s, so I've been doing it for a long time. And the conclusion I came to is that when things start, you know, whether it's in your 20s or your 30s, you do tend to have fairly similar career paths. And and certainly back at the time, that was the case for me and my husband. I was the senior associate and he was a mid-level prosecutor. But what happens over time is that things do change. And if, yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from in that context of that fairly early on stage when the kids are little, like, can't we all share? And I think the answer to that is yes, because chances are at that time, you probably both still have similar kind of commitments, similar levels of authority, similar earning capacities. But what does start to happen is that one or other person will start to move. And that's where you do need to start having a decision like, oh, okay, if I'm going to take on this next level of work where I'm going to have more people that I supervise or I'm going to be getting paid more or there's more expectations on me, how does that start to look? And that's where I think it starts to change. And that's probably going to be more in your 30s, depending on when you start having children, your 30s and your 40s. And then people are like, oh, do we keep things even? Or does one person start to concentrate more on their job than the other? I just don't know of too many examples where people have both maintained a similar status and shared all the way along. And that's probably my generation. Maybe this next generation coming through, the people who are now in their 20s and 30s, maybe that might happen more. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I love talking to people who are, and as you said, at the other end of the spectrum, your children are older. My daughter's three and the second one is almost about to be born. But my husband and I, do share. And I would say neither of us have the walkaway job. And this is what I've been thinking about as I've been preparing for talking to you. And it's interesting. He runs a business. He has five or so employees who work for him. I'm on maternity leave, but I am a senior associate at a law firm. I also have people who report to me. And I was thinking, well, who has the walkaway job out of the two of us? And I decided that it depends on what's happening on the day or what's happening at the time and what he's doing at work, what I'm doing at work. I don't think that there's one or the other, but it's interesting that you say, after obviously speaking to you more, 
it can change. So you're not saying you have to decide that I'm going to have what you call the walk away job and I'm stuck with that forever until my kids move out. There is some flexibility in it. Is that, is that what you're saying? I think that the really hard stuff comes when the kids are a little bit older. I think the hardest stuff comes in your 30s, 40s at that time where it's a tsunami and it's all colliding at the same time. Um, so <laughs> that's, when, that's when the really difficult decisions sort of have to come about, yeah. A lot of people talk about that, you know, that what age do your kids need you the most? You know, is it when they're little babies and they need to be breastfed and held all the time? Or is it when they're teenagers and they're going through awful hormonal changes? And equally, someone has said to me, from 30 to 50 is, is the most full-on time of your life because your kids are growing, they're very active, you have so many activities to, to put them in and take them to and from, and you're also at a key point in your career. So I can definitely appreciate your use of the word tsunami as it's been expressed to me before. Looking back now, after you've been through this, how do you feel about it now? Do you feel any sense of regret? Do you feel that there were other options? Good question. I don't feel any sense of regret. I think when I had sent you some notes before the session today, I sort of talked about working through some steps, whether it was deciding on the walkaway job, like do the maths, and then look at, you know, the sustainability, like how long can we actually keep this up for? But then I said, make your peace, yes. right? So if you have decided that you're going to be the person with the lesser career because you want to be there for the children or, you know, it's the other person that's making all the money or they just really can't do anything less in their job at that time. Or if you're both deciding that you both want to work a lot and you want to implement um, a lot of home help and you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it is that you decide, I think you have to make your peace and then run with it. Make the best of the decisions that you can and then run with it. So do I regret anything? The answer is no, because I sort of always knew what was going on. I felt that I was very lucky. You make your own luck. I had a wonderful job as a senior associate and then I stepped away from that but moved into a, a fantastic role in-house where I learned a lot of new skills and I feel that everything I did added to my level of knowledge and has allowed me to proceed to a point where I am now where I, I feel like I have a very satisfying, interesting career. I should add, not necessarily well paid. Um, people often say, oh, you know, you've got really interesting things that you do and you've got a lot of flexibility. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it does come at a cost. Whereas people I know that have really stayed in, in the system, you know, they might be partners in law firms or judges or senior barristers. I'm not at that position, right? Because I've made other choices. Do I regret that? No, but I know what the consequences are. And, you know, you have to make your peace. I think the interesting thing about what you've just said then is the fact that Lucy and I don't see the jobs that you've had and we commented on this as walkaway jobs. The roles that you've had and that you still have, we see as equally important as perhaps the role that your husband has had and that others have had. So I think that sometimes I'm concerned that giving it a label of walkaway job might be to lessen the value of the contribution that you've made. Um. I definitely have stayed doing the kind of work where if something was really going pear-shaped, if I wasn't there, there wouldn't be a lot of deep, dark consequences. I think that's what I mean. I don't feel that the work I've done hasn't been interesting or valuable. It's just that once you sort of move into the more senior jobs, it's very difficult to walk away because you are letting people down. So it's that extra flexibility around your role. Yeah. I've had very flexible jobs and also jobs where if I'm not there on a particular day, it's not the end of the world. 
I can pick it up at a later point. And I think if you're starting to move into very highly paid jobs or jobs where you have a lot of um, authority, a lot of seniority, personally, I just think it's difficult to just say, oh, I can't come in today, my kid's sick. I think if you want to have a lot of flexibility, certainly the way I did it was to choose the kind of work where I knew I could do that without affecting too many people. I think I'm an idealist. I think that all jobs should just be more flexible. (laughs) And then then we wouldn't have to... um, to be so concerned about some people having it and some people not? It depends on what you're doing. If you're about to walk into a a major mediation and you have to be there, you have to be there. You know, you can't say, oh, I can't come in today because someone's unwell. Yes. If you're supposed to be there, you are supposed to be there. So flexibility is great. And I think it does give us a lot of options around work, but sometimes there's a trade-off. You spoke at the beginning, you mentioned support. You said, I think people can have two, I think you said high powered jobs, but they need to have support around them. Did you have extended support other than your immediate family unit as your children were, or as you were in the tsunami phase? (laughs) Well, interesting. I didn't have a lot of family support. My mother had lots of children and she made it pretty clear early on that she wasn't going to be looking after grandchildren while any of her children went to work. So I was always using daycare or nannies, after school care and various things like that. So I had I had lots of support. I used to spend a lot of money. One of the points I was making to you guys earlier was about do the maths. I remember distinctly um, sitting down at some point. I had three children, three, two in daycare, one at pre-primary and I had a nanny at home and a, and a cleaner. And I remember sitting down and, and doing the maths and it came out that I was earning like $100 a week. Um, and I, I just looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, so what does this mean? And it was like, well, it's an investment in my future. Yes. I'm doing a job that I like. It's definitely adding to my skill set. It's the right thing for me to be doing at the moment because it is the job that gives me some flexibility. But, oh, my God, you know, by the time I've done this and I've done this, I've done this, I don't feel like I'm really monetarily ahead. But you are in terms of your sanity probably. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> it is good to work. I've always enjoyed the work. And I also thought of it as being an investment in my future, which it was because this work I do now, that is, is things that I can do well. And also, you know, able to use my experience, my contacts, and that sort of work. Yeah. So the maths is not necessarily the dollar figure you end up with. It's all these other things. And I should also point out that even if you do the maths and you end up with a very big dollar, you might decide it's actually still not worth it if what you're giving up or if what you're trading in or if what you, you know, you might look at it and go, look, this is an amazing amount of money. But, oof, you know, if I actually do the maths in the context of how much sleep I'm getting or how much exercise I'm getting or how much time I'm getting to do anything personal other than work and kids, it's not worth it. And everybody's going to have different calculations around that, aren't they? And the other point in relation to the maths that comes up whenever this conversation comes up is that the calculations that you've just explained are calculations that only take those expenses into account in relation to your income mm-hmm. as opposed to the family income. Yeah. You know, if you looked at the combined income and then said, well, then we're paying for childcare and that's not just coming out of the money I'm earning, that's coming out of the money you know, that the family has. Yeah. That's the other calculation. Oh, yeah. I think you're exactly right. And maybe the wording that I use there should be explained a bit more. Like I certainly looked at it as the costs of the the support at home was um, definitely out of both of our income. So yeah, what what sort of notionally, you know, I didn't end up with much in my pocket. It was like, well, this is what we as a family think is is the right thing to do. Yeah. 
and you saw the bigger picture because it was like you said about the skills you were learning or you were contributing to and you wanted to be working. <laughs> yeah, and look, honestly, out of all the women that came out of law school around the time that I did, those of us that are still in the workforce in, in any way related to law we could probably all tell you sort of similar stories about decisions that they've made and things that they've done. And I think most of the people who are still working don't regret dragging themselves to work while they were pregnant and vomiting or, you know, <laughs> take, having to go to work and, and leave a sick kid at home. Or We don't because we are still in the game yes after all these years and I can't speak for anyone I can't put words in anyone else's mouth but I do wonder you know with some people who did sort of pause and then take a longer time and then maybe not go back whether they're like or what what seemed to be convenient at the time you know maybe with the benefit of hindsight they would say oh it might have been easy it might have been sort of better in the long run to keep my finger in because you know it can be very hard to get back so I think that would be one thing that I would say to women who are in their 20s 30s early 40s having children is like that is something to factor in over and above just the money or just the balance is where do you see yourself in the future yes your youngest child is now 19 is is that right yes my baby (laughs) has your attitude to work and to this idea of the walk away job changed now your children are are older if you have previously lent back to use Cheryl Sandberg's language and not taken on roles that might have made you less available let's say at home have you changed that now your children are older that's a good question about three years ago I was an employee And I made a decision to stop being an employee and to set up my own business, which was actually at a fairly crazy time in my life. We had some very big things going on in my family, some very difficult circumstances. And yeah, my kids were a bit older, but there was still all kinds of stuff going on with, with my immediate family. But I did. And I was like, okay, now I think it's now the time. So I stepped away from being an employee, set up my own business. And over the last three years, I have been working on developing different roles for myself, which I'm actually, you know, I actually really love and I'm very excited about. And you know, I read things on LinkedIn and they talk about this thing called the portfolio career. And I'm yes. just, it's funny because after all this time, you know, apparently the millennials are doing this thing called the portfolio career. And I was like, oh, I'm finally trendy. <laughs> <laughs> few different things that I do and I find them all interesting and they all fit in together. Having said that, each of the things that I do is something that I can scale up or scale back at any given time. And even though my my children are older, there's a lot of other things that can still be critical in your life. I'm very lucky at the moment, both my parents are still very healthy, but I do know a lot of my peers are actually, you know, they flip from the situation of having children to look after to going straight into having elderly parents to look after. And then also you can have a situation where you you don't have them as as kids or school kids, but you can start to have some other issues that, that go on with them. So I don't know, it seems as though it's never ending. (laughs) but I'm very happy doing the things that I'm currently doing, but I would still caveat that they are things I can scale up and scale back. I'm definitely looking to scale up. I would like to work, you know, if not full-time sort of 80 to 90%, which is something I haven't done for a very long time, but a hundred percent, five days a week, 48 weeks of the year is is probably not on my radar for a range of reasons. Yeah. I think it's fantastic that you have a clear understanding about what's important to you. And that's something that Lucy and I talk about a fair bit, which is you're successful because you know what's important to you and you're making that happen in your life and you're doing that with the amount that you choose to work and the work that you choose to do. So, Catherine, we ask a couple of questions of all of our guests. 
Yes. And one of the first ones is, do you have any words that you live by, a kind of mantra? Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We have a family saying when things are going really badly and it's, I'm not in a ditch. And it goes back to a time when we were in New Zealand on a family ski holiday and um, we were coming down a mountain and my husband was driving and we had snow chains on and, and like we were just this family from Australia who had no freaking idea what we were doing and this was all very new to us and we're just going very slowly down this mountain, slipping and sliding everywhere and we went round a corner and there was a woman and I can still see her face. She was sitting in a car, a white car, in a ditch with her two children in the back of the car oh. and a storm was coming in and it was late in the afternoon. It was getting dark at about 4, 4.30 and it was like Mount Everest. Oh. Like we all just looked at her and we were like, we can't stop. Right? Yeah. So yeah. husband keeps on driving, the kids in the back of the car, and we're just looking at this woman. So from then on, we always had this thing, well, you know, if anything's really going very badly, it's yeah, not right. in that ditch. It's not as bad as her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With two kids in a storm and it was getting dark. So we, I do tend to keep that in mind. And like if something's, yeah, there's always someone worse off than you. <laughs> That's so true. So true. Wow. And what's one piece, if you have just one, um, you're only allowed one, one piece of advice that you would give to women who are managing their career and family juggle, what would your key piece of advice be? Oh, um, I might say put down one of those balls. That's great. You don't need to do it all. Wonderful. Juggling's hard. Juggling is hard. <laughs> Very hard and your arms get tired. So yes. just work out which ball you don't need and just put it down. And pick it up when you can, right? Or not. Or not. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Catherine, for giving us your time today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. That's all from us today. Please don't forget to check out the Law CPD competition. All the links are in the show notes. And if you go to that link, you'll be able to enter their competition and receive your voucher for $25 towards any of their online courses. If you have your own story to share or if you have a different perspective or perhaps you want to make a comment, then we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us via our website at thejuggle.com.au and perhaps you can come on the show and share your story too. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.